This is exactly right. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Scotty, are you ready? Curdy B, I'm ready to laugh and laugh and laugh. Group of friends take over Nashville Hotel for hours after no employees show up. Ooh, I saw this one. I'm so glad you're doing this one because I just love, I love hotel life. Well, uh, let's check into a brand new episode of the hilarious Bananas podcast. <laughs> Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I'm staring right now at the Zoom at, life. at the man, the myth, the legend, mm. screenwriter extraordinaire who <laughs> has put his pen down for the strike. True. True. Scotty Landis, folks. And there he is over there, the headliner himself, the big banana, top dog, and you know, my best buddy in the whole wide world, Curdy B. Kurt, what's up, dude? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. My my garage is clean. My garage is so clean. I got rid of it. that dirt, disgusting couch. I got <laughs> yes, some. Yes, I helped exercise. you carry a couch the other day. <laughs> yeah. I got exercise equipment in. The place is clean. I've been like slowly cleaning. Yeah. The um the wax off of my surfboards that like over time the wax just gets dirty and it sure. looks gross and so it's all of a sudden like oh look at all these nice surfboards in a row and uh, I'm feeling good I'm excited we're going we're, we leave for Raleigh uh, yeah, in two 24 days hours. yeah um, which is gonna be great and uh, yeah I'm feeling good I'm ex- I'm, I'm sp- specifically excited Scotty yeah about door to shore. Door to Shore's coming up October 21st. Curdy B and I walking 19 miles across LA, fully clothed into the mighty Pacific Ocean for a wonderful, wonderful charity called Cast LA. We will post the story in our stories all the time where you can donate or, Kurt, they can do it on their own. Yes, that's right. Uh, that's the exciting part about Door to Shore is it's very interactive, but it also requires you to do a thing. Um, and I think when people listen to podcast. Uh, People listen to bananas. They talk about how they like that. We say we're going to do something and then we do it. And here is your opportunity to say you're going to do something and then do it. So just decide that you're going to walk out of your house on October 21st. It's a Saturday Mm -hmm. and walk as far as you need to 
to get to a body of water and walk into it fully clothed and then just post up and post up a GoFundMe and choose yeah. a charity and get people to donate. Who cares if you only raise a hundred bucks? hundred bucks is get great. To, that's awesome. You get to donate a hundred dollars to a charity of your choice. And all you did was walk into a large body of water on October 21st. What a fantastic idea for you. We've already had Bananimals DMing us saying we have a Bananimal in Tel Aviv who's going to do it. We have somebody in Mississippi. We have Massachusetts. We have Australia. Last year, I think we had 30-plus people do it. This year, it'd be great to match that or beat it. But door to shore, and DM us if you have questions. You don't have to register with us. You don't have to sign in. But if you want to share and send your pictures on October 21st, we will post them in our stories. We might post them on our main feed. It's just a dumb thing to do for a good cause. And it's our third annual it's our third inaugural as we say <laughs> and uh scotty i don't know if you can see behind me here but since mm-hmm. the, in, in addition with me cleaning i'm Looks also nice. gonna put up wallpaper behind me oh you have three samples up there. i've got three samples i don't mm-hmm. know if these are the i don't know if these are the final samples but They're you're cool. getting my theme you're getting my theme it's gonna be a little it's either gonna be tropical tropical uh like with green plants everywhere or that one out over there that's just Mm -hmm. like a series of pacific northwest pines that's kind i'm leaning that way i'm I'm leaning pacific northwest pines crazy it's nice up there it's peaceful it's peaceful it feels cool and also then i can like hang some anyway i'm gonna i'm very excited maybe i'll Mm -hmm. i'll post them online to for everyone to vote but um this one's real miami vice Oh, that yeah. Those I mean, I like a jungle theme too. Don't get me wrong. When I was a kid, sometimes I would go into the shower and I would sit down and I would turn on the hot water and I would play <laughs> jungle sounds on a CD player and just turn off the lights and pretend yes. I was in the rainforest. Yes, you would. Yes, I and love that for you. It, I think that's why I'm still calm today. <laughs> I was uh, getting ready, you know, buying little travel stuff and everything for mm-hmm. our Raleigh and Atlanta show. Got a haircut. Your haircut. Came in, didn't it? it? Grew in, didn't it? Looks good looking now. haircut. It just has to look bad for two weeks. <laughs> I was just trimming my nails. As a, it's a good thing, guys. Cut your fingernails and your toenails, you yeah. savages! Come on. And you know what? I was clipping them, and I had the weirdest thought. Do you know how long it takes uh, fingernails to decompose? No, I don't. Exactly. And I was like, you know, I was sitting out on the stoop doing it outside. I'm like, I wonder how long these things stay out here. Okay, so I looked it up. It's an educational podcast sometimes. Mm -hmm. With typical exposure of heat and moisture, fingernails uh, can decompose between 5 and 40 years. But if they're kept in a cool, dry place, fingernails have lasted for over 1,000 years. What? (laughs) So (laughs) I looked this up on like 20 websites. Because I was like, this can't be true. And almost all the websites were about composting. Like, can you put your fingernails in compost? Which it's like, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, composting is so great. And I'm really glad people do it. But it's okay if your fingernails just end up, I don't know, in the driveway. Uh, If composted, where the conditions for decomposition are ideal, nails will decompose in a few months. Wow. 35 um, 35 to 40% of the nitrogen in nails converts to nitrates in 120 days. Okay, I like that. Also, that what's great about 
this information, Scotty, is that now we truly don't know how long those fingernails in that drawer in Mississippi were in there. Oh, Bay St. Louis. Oh, <laughs> we were at what was it? I oh. think it was a a Knights Inn. Was it, was it a, a Knights Inn? Inn? It was a Knights Inn. In Bayside, do you say Bayside? Bay St. Louis. Bay St. Louis, <laughs> Mississippi. <laughs> And Scotty opened up his uh, the drawer next to his bedroom. Yeah, to see if there was a Gideon's Bible in there because I, I needed it, honestly, at that point. And it was just full of nail clippings. And so they could have been there for a thousand years. I guess they've said like they found mummies and, and frozen bodies and stuff that still have fingernails intact. So they can actually last a really long time. Anyways, I didn't know. And I'm, I did not and know that. I've spent my whole life. Nobody's ever talked about what happens to your fingernails. Turns out. They decompose, but it you know can take months, if not years. <laughs> it's an educational podcast. We like results. It, we really do. Um, and oh, one other thing that I want to mention before we get into this sweet, 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 sweet story okay, is, okay. Uh, guys, November eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth. November eleventh, we're in Richmond, Virginia. Oh yeah, we're oh, doing yeah. an afternoon show. Come on out. The best ones. November 12th, we're in Baltimore at the Auto Bar. It's going to be amazing. Charm City. That's going to be a rocker. You're going to see about 45 people I'm related to there. Yes, baby. And then, of course, uh, November 13th, which is a Monday, uh, we're going to be in Brooklyn at the Bell House. Also, new date, Scotty. New date added today. Wee wee wee. Because you know that we're going to be in Philly December 8th and 9th. 9th is the Bananas podcast. Brother, I love 8th, I'm yep. doing two shows of stand-up. That's Friday night. Cool, I'll be there. November 10th, mm, uh, Scotty no. and I December will be... December 10th. De- sorry, December 10th. December a 10th. A better yeah. day. December 10th, Scotty and I will be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh, you gotta come out. That's the big one. That's, That's the, the big, big one. one. Come on, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. I love Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, a great city. I might stay an additional day just to hang out and see some sights and kick it around a little bit. Eat a sandwich with French fries on it. I don't know. Ooh, go to Pamani Bros. <laughs> I've already been there. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stretch my wings. I have a couple buddies there, but uh, yeah, I can't wait for that show. That's the last show of 2023 for the Banana Boys. That is the last show. Do you want to drive? Should we drive? I think we should probably drive from Philly. I looked at there's flights, but they're like four hours or something. The flights are like an hour and a half, um, and they cost like 160. I think we could just rent a car. It's five five hours and fifteen minutes to drive. It'll be. It might be weather. We'll see. Well, that's what's fun about us. Who knows? <laughs> you're. You're. I like that. You're very worried about snow, right? You're very worried. Last about Last year snow. it didn't snow over there. No, it so didn't snow I think at all. This also, year, my December tenth didn't snow in Maryland. It doesn't snow on the East Coast on December tenth. I don't think. I don't remember any time. We've never but if have it a does, yes. and we get snowed in to that club. Don't gonna mind. be. We will keep going. At, we'll we'll record seven live episodes in a row. We're gonna go until we fall off the stage. <laughs> It'll be hot chocolate with rum all around. It'll be our snow oasis. It'll be great. I mean, oh, our snow oasis. Somebody's writing that movie. Here it is. Mm. You mother. It just. God damn it! it USA Today. The most colorful newspaper in North America, USA it, Today. It's a real scumbag. It it I had it open on my thing, I guess, for like a couple hours, and then it's just like you're done with this, and it just reverts to the homepage. <laughs> Which you is don't weird, want this anymore. Every, <laughs> every hotel lobby, they're like, "You please, God, take a USA Today." We <laughs> just have hundreds of these things scattered around. Please, please, Lord, take this. 
Uh, so this was sent in by me, uh, literally someone named me, which oh, is cool. also Christy R99. So thank you, Christy thank R99. Thank you, Christy. Uh, and this is from USA Today, written by mm-hmm. Amaris Encinas. I love Ooh, that name. Amaris Encinas, best in the business. Absolutely really great writer. A group, a group of friends take over Nashville Hotel for hours after no employees were found. Three Mm -hmm. friends took it upon themselves to manage a Nashville hotel for a few hours. After a late night of partying, (laughs) the trio was unable to check into their room at La Quinta Inn and Suites because there was no employees in sight. The saga was first documented on TikTok early Wednesday morning in a 40-second clip with a caption stating, When you arrive to the hotel and there is no staff, so you have a new job. We've been working for two hours. After checking to make oh, sure the dream. no one had fallen asleep behind the desk or in one of the back offices, sure, smart. the friends began to answer phones, greet customers, even set up the breakfast buffet. I don't even know how they know how to do this. But uh, wouldn't you? I, I mean, good for these people. This is such a great thing to do. It's like, just because... It, like, why not get into it? It's a funny thing to do. They <laughs> I'm made the news. also imagining that they were out partying that night. It was late. The kind of guy got out at four in the morning, right? Or five in the morning. And um, I'm imagining cocaine is involved here. Okay. And so they're just <laughs> doing bumps in the back, <laughs> checking people in in the front. Like, they just stay up, do you know? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you got to stay up. A good sleepover just at a, as a hotel. <laughs> well. To the La Quinta Inn. I mean, Very it's so exciting. funny. <laughs> also, they, La Quinta's let you bring dogs. It's one of the hotels that you can bring one to every location. So they're probably petting dogs too much. <laughs> they did manage to find one employee, a maid, who didn't know what was going on, but said Great. that she had not seen anyone in a couple of hours. They also reached out to the general manager, who was on a business trip in California and wasn't aware mm. that there were no employees on the floor. So instantly, mm. we're like, manager mode. We run businesses back home. Manager mode kicks in. All right, let's see what we can do. Kenzie, one of the friends, shared. She's repeating herself. She's a little high. The friends fielded several complaints from customers about unauthorized payments, as well as a lack of hotel personnel available. Police later showed up to the hotel, but gave them permission to do whatever you have to do as he began to leave. The friends reported. (laughs) The friends recounted the tale in a handful of TikTok videos. Here's what we know. What came of the impromptu hotel takeover? We'll post some of these. Yeah, one friend fun. was one friend was taking calls. The other was helping guests getting checked <laughs> in and checked out. And yet another mm-hmm. was helping serve breakfast. They managed mm-hmm. to hold down the fort until a La Quinta Inn employee showed up. By then, the trio had managed to get everyone settled. The friends then asked if they could check into their room, but the employee told them it w- they would be charged a $25 resort no. fee. Nope. A general manager from another window, a, a, a resort fee at a La Quinta, La Quinta? Inn. Yeah. A general manager. No way, from, no. Yeah, no way. A general manager from another Wyndham Hotels and Resorts made an appearance a short time later. They caught him up on the drama that ensued and were met with yes. utter disbelief and gratitude for holding the hotel down. We'll get them checked in. We're not charging you anything, the manager reportedly told them. The crew headed up to the sixth floor to decompress in one of the only rooms available, thinking everything was fine. But as soon as they entered the room, they spotted a naked woman inside. 
I mean, they're having a crazy day. This is a crazy day. <laughs> yeah, this is good. I'm the, so jealous. The uh, lady, I'm so envious. The lady proceeded to tell them she would be staying at the hotel for the next two weeks. The uh, friends let her would. know they were not trying to steal her room and that they had received the room key from management. This place is dangerous. They, we need <laughs> yeah. to list this place. Do not stay at this La Quinta. They give out rooms to... I mean, that's terrifying. That you're is naked bad. and you're asleep in bed and just three people walk the fuck in who've been working at the hotel. Smelling like scrambled eggs. Yeah, that's not fun. Smelling like scrambled eggs and nose mm-hmm. gasoline. Sterno. They went down to the lobby for the last time to the manager to know what happened. This is fucking amazing. No. After they reported what they saw to the Holiday Inn general manager. Holiday Inn general manager. Oh, Holiday Inn, I guess, owns this. Kenzie asked if they could stay at his hotel. Oh, uh, Holiday Inn. Okay. It is so enviable, though. Like, it's the it's the weird dream. It's the breakfast club dream for people our age where it's like, you're kind of left alone to your old devices. You can choose to do bad things or you can choose to do beautiful chaos where yeah. you just start working at a hotel. And, of course, they ate some snacks. And, of course, you know they drank some sodas they weren't supposed to. But that's just getting paid a low wage. That's fun. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't skinny dip. They must not have a good pool or hot tub there. I mean, I don't know. They're charging 25 bucks for people to use it. Bogus. Um, can we please just go stay at your hotel? Because this has just honestly been a shit show of a mess. Great. The answer. friends end up with three suites and free breakfast after the manager makes a call back to his hotel, gushing over how amazing they had been. He took their contact information and said that he would be in touch. He said he'll be in touch, so I don't know what that means, but maybe we're getting a Holiday Inn, Kenzie joked. If they do get a Holiday Inn, the friends have asked their viewers to come stay with them. La Quinta Inns and Suites and Wyndham's Hotels and Resorts property has not publicly commented on the incident. I am going to let everybody know where is this place, because no one... Lock your door. Here it is. that little latchy thing. Oh, 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 oh. Nope. It's it just says Nashville Hotel. Nashville. Oh. Don't stay in La Quinta, Nashville. Or do. Yeah. La Quinta's if not If you want a wild our... night, it's up. You're an adult. But uh, triple lock your door and, you know, keep a window open if you need to jump My out. My goodness Crazy. gracious me. I literally just saw this thing online where it was like 13, 15 like safety travel devices you should always travel with. And I was like... Okay, I travel a lot. What are these devices? And one was a door jam. A, a ho- it's not a door jam. It's a hotel door locker. So it actually goes in between the two sides of the hotel room door and locks it so no one can open it inward. That's um, great. You'll sleep yeah. soundly in the morning. Yeah. So I might just buy it. It's like 15 bucks or something like that. And it's a piece of like hard plastic you slide in and turn and it like clicks in. I don't know exactly how it works, but I, now um, that I hear this, I kind of yeah. want that. Yeah, it's cool. That's a good stocking stuffer. The holidays are coming. <laughs> a terrifying stocking stuffer. <laughs> yeah, you travel a lot. <laughs> I, uh, man, this one reminds me. So coming out of the great choir, uh, you know, we're all getting used to socializing again and doing fun things. And my friend Allie goes, uh, hey, you know, I haven't seen you in forever. Do you want to grab a drink? I was like, sure. And she says, there's this, uh, there's like a speakeasy or there's like a secret bar behind Johnny's Pastrami. Do you know where that is? I was like, I do know where that is. And you've probably seen it. There's neon signs. It's over on Sepulveda. But it's like, it's all the way across the city from me. 
And, but I know what it is. It's like a famous place that makes pastrami sandwiches. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's pretty cool that they spent their 2020, 2021 building a, a secret place. Yeah. You know? And it's yeah. very, yeah, it was very of the LA. So I, I head over early. I'm there like 20 minutes early before happy hour. And I like park and I look around. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's like a walk through the refrigerator situation, like yeah. good time at Davy Wayne's type right. of thing. Um, so I go in, and it's just a regular old sandwich shop. And there's yeah. like this guy working the register, and I'm like, hey, is there a bar in here? And he's like, no, there's a bar next door. And I was like, oh yeah, I, that must be it. I was like, I just go around. He goes, yeah, you just go around. And so I go outside, and I like look on the side of the building, and there's a CrossFit gym. <laughs> And there's people working out, so I'm already like, here we go. <laughs> and then there's Dear John's, which is my one of my very, very, very favorite bars and restaurants in LA. So I'm like, oh, okay. And I go back in, I'm like, hey, <laughs> hey, was there like a secret bar, like a no, speakeasy or no, something? No. The guy's like, no. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, this guy's good. <laughs> and then like the, his boss or another guy that's working there is like, what's up? And I'm like, is there like a speakeasy? I was told there's like a bar, secret bar here. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> no, there isn't. And so then I'm, I get on my phone and I'm like, because there's a bar in Koreatown <laughs> called R Bar where you need a password to get in, but they yeah. post the password online. Right. So I'm looking for password. Like, I'm like, do I have to order a menu item? And then I'm like, there really isn't a bar. Like the guys could tell like I'm having a moment. I'm like, there really isn't a bar. And the guy goes, no, there is one around back. And I go, okay. <laughs> So this is only like 5 p.m. So I walk around back, and around the back, there is behind sandwich shop stuff. There's empty boxes. There's a dumpster full of grease. Wait, there's what? A, there's a door. There's uh, And I'm like looking around. And so I try the door, <laughs> and I knock on the door a few times. And I'm like standing there looking. I'm like looking at my phone. And I text my friend. I'm like, are you serious? She's like, no, there really is a bar. And so I'm looking around. And I knock it again, and I'm standing back there, and then I notice there is a security camera on me, uh-huh. and I'm like, what the fuck? So that I call her, and I'm like, what are you, what is this? And she goes, Johnny's Pastrami. And I go, yeah, I'm standing behind this place. I just walked around the whole building three times. I knocked on this door. There's a dumpster, and there's crap. And she goes, it's on Adams. And I go, how do you spell Johnny's? And she goes, with a Y. And this place is Johnny's I-E-S. And so I was just <laughs> there's at the another, wrong pastrami. There's yes. another Johnny's pastrami. It's called Johnny's pastrami, and it's on Adams. And there is a bar directly next door that as soon as you pull into the parking lot, it was a brand new bar just packed with folks. And then so I'm driving over there. I'm like, all right, who cares? So I was going to be like 20 minutes late. But then I was thinking about like that security footage and I want yeah. it so bad. It's been over, it's been well over a year, but whoever, <laughs> those guys must've been inside. Like, look at this alcoholic <laughs> kick tapping things, like looking for loose bricks. Tapping Just it stunk. I mean, it's, it's the dumpster behind a pastrami <laughs> shop. And there's CrossFitters hitting tires with sledgehammers next door. And I was like, here's the old alcoholic being like, I know it's around here. (laughs) So anyways, Johnny's Pastrami with a Y is in the middle of the city near Crenshaw. And it's a very fun bar. Oh, but is it like when it's a speakeasy, is it hidden in any way? It's just a bar. No, it just shares a parking lot. And then there it's like. Not highly marked, but no, I didn't. Have, when I got to the correct Johnny's pastrami, I didn't have to like 
walk through anything or know a code or go through, pull a book off a shelf and a door open. It was just a nice bar that was new and built next to a pastrami shop. <laughs> Dude, I, I thought they were like being coy with me and like, is there one? When the guy's like, yeah, right, up, right over there. I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, he was pointing to Dear John. So being a very good employee <laughs> for someone who wasn't buying anything. It's literally right over there. Right there. And so, I mean, I must have looked so bizarre. It's cool. That was like my thing. They're going to show that one day on like a, a true crime show. It's like he went missing and he behaved so weirdly behind a pastrami shop for 15 minutes. I remember okay. when the, the, this quote unquote speakeasy trend started. Yeah. Really, New York City, like 2002 or Two, so, three, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the first one I remember went to was in, I think it was the Lower East Side, and you had to walk through a phone booth. I remember still have that the one? phone number for that place. Oh, you do? Uh-huh. Um, uh, that was like very Crift exciting. Dog. Yeah, You had to walk through, through a hot dog shop, yeah, then Crift pick dog. up a phone, and then one door would close and the other door would open and you'd have to have a reservation. I did my birthday there. I think you and Damien came yeah. when I was probably turned 23 or 4 or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that, that was, was a, I think, one. the first one. Yeah, that one was a good one. And then after that, somewhere. everyone since then has felt less and less special. <laughs> yeah, they're cool. There's a good one in Lincoln, Nebraska, weirdly. Um, Crift Dog. Let's see if this one, Speakeasy, is still open. I, I think I talked about this on the pod, but there was a comedian that um, it is called Please Don't Tell. And it appears it's tell. still open. So, wow. Bananimals, if Great. you're in New York City, go to Crift Dog, eat a hot dog, and then go to the original. Go to Please Don't Tell through a phone booth into a secret bar. Yeah, go to go there and let them know alcohol has been made legal. You will blow everyone's mind. There, Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> Chumleys, no more. Here's a quickie. I have a real quickie. Um, that'll get us right into a nice break. I love this it. was from Ohio Gator. Thank mm. you, Ohio Gator. We love you. Um, this was written by Aaron, best in the business pal for 9news.com. Thank you, Aaron. I think 9news is in Colorado. Instructor at Colorado Driving School plows through front window of the Learn to Drive <laughs> building. <laughs> oh, boy. Sometimes they... It's like AI has already taken over. That's beautiful. Lakewood, Colorado. You can't make this up. Erin Pally really is the best in the biz. She has some fun with it. A driver plowed through the front of a community driving school in Lakewood on Tuesday morning. A photo taken after the wreck shows the front end of a Hyundai Tucson sitting inside of the building on 2099 wow. Wadsworth Boulevard. And they went all the way in this building. While the crash shattered, window, <laughs> shattered windows and knocked out the bricks, no one was seriously hurt. So there's silver lining. Okay. One person suffered a minor injury. I bet they did when the car drove through the building. <laughs> I wonder what that was. Just a little cut, probably. Yeah. One person suffered a minor industry, according to the Lakewood Police Department, and others were able to get out of the way in time. Police said the driver is an employee at the business who was attempting to park when he accidentally drove into the office. Wow. I mean, this, Kurt, this car is 75% into the building. They went, they hit the gas. Whoa. Man, that's a bummer. I mean, I, I let this person have their job. They're going to be the most cautious employee you ever have after this. <laughs> Officer cited him for a traffic violation. To the employee's credit, the school sign above the front door says, quote, learn to drive and not, quote, 
learn to park. Look at that. Aaron Dropping Powell. it right at the end. Best in building the them up and dunking on them at the same time. <laughs> God, that's so fun. It's so good. Did you ever have any good? I remember when I got my. I think I don't. I don't know if I told this story, but um, when I got my license again as an adult, because I had let it lapse in New York yeah, City. Yeah, that was tough. I had to actually like I had to do the whole thing. I had to take mm-hmm. a driving test, um, <laughs> and it was very much. You know, I this guy is used to, you know, putting teenagers in like making them worried and like and making them concerned about safe driving. It's like I've been driving for whatever, like more than half my life at this point. And so I'm just, you know, just driving like a normal person. And he's yeah. like giving me the business. He's really he's just like you do that. You you take a you take a curve like that again, and I'm failing you, pal. And I'm just <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, that's fine. Drive like I'm never gonna drive again. Fine. What we'll do this comically, ridiculously stupid. Let's do it. It's fun. Yeah. No. I mean, my guy. I've told a couple of stories on here, but my guy was a true. He was a crazy person. He was (laughs) the biggest asshole I've ever had to interact with for ten hours or whatever. Because he taught the classes, and then he had another guy that would help him drive. But he had this old Ford Tempo sedan and it on his side he had the brake like a safety brake so if he was panicking he could hit the brake and he would mumble to pick it up and this is the part i've told on the podcast before but he would go pick it up 40 pick it up 40 pick it up 40 until i went 40 miles an hour and then if i went 42 he would hit the brake and yell get it right or pay the price no no right or pay the price but yeah he was a total he was something else he was a teacher in his regular life and he would answer phone calls from concerned parents in the room in front of the class. He would pause the video we were watching and he'd be like, hello, in like a fake voice. And he would say, what's that? Oh, really? And your son is special because he gets to come to class number three, even though he missed class number two? Is he special? Is your no. son special? No. In front of the whole class, in front of 25 of us that didn't want to be there. And there we go. Oh, so everybody here, all my students that have to go in order, and that order is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, oh eight, God. nine, ten. But your son is special. And he would do that. He would ridicule parents in front of. I was 15. So I had never seen adults talk to adults like that. Like That's wild. So the rule was class one, you had to sit in the front row. Class two, you had to sit in the second row. After class two, so three through 10, you could sit anywhere you want in the class. And so everybody knew that. So you were kind of nice to the people in the class, but the people in the class were closest to him. And he would just like, oh, he would berate people, like, what about you? What are those glasses for? And somebody'd be like, "Yeah, another prescription." He'd be like, "You can't see, you can't drive." And then he would just walk down the aisle and be like, "And what about you? You look like somebody I failed last year." And they're like, "No, I don't have any siblings." You're like, "Your parents didn't love you enough to give you brothers." <laughs> oh my god, he was just roasting everyone. Dude. And then he put out a video. So then he <laughs> he put a video on. That's yeah. it. So he was, and anybody in Reisterstown who is around my age within 15 years knows exactly. Exactly who I'm talking about. I'm not going to name names. Um, and I'll say all of this I witnessed. None of this is hearsay. Yeah. But he would make me go to Office Depot or Staples on Teacher Appreciation Day and go in and get free coffee and donuts. And my three hour driving lesson, he would hand me the book and go, read this. And then he'd go in and 
just socialize and eat free coffee and donuts for three hours and then come out while I'm just sitting in in this car. And then he go, did you read it? I go, yeah. And he goes, yeah, they're pretty in there. I go, they're pretty in there? He goes, yeah, they give you free donuts and <laughs> coffees if you're a teacher. Are you special? I'm like, geez. <laughs> this man, if he's not dead or in jail, it is shocking to me. But yeah, he was. that was my experience. Was there that were two public school? Was that a public school teacher or was No, it? he was a pub, he was a private school teacher, uh-huh. but it was in Maryland, driver's ed is like private, so you oh, just okay. pay. And right. one was more expensive, and this was the cheaper one. <laughs> and shitty. I don't even think my sister was allowed to go to this one. But man, oh, oh, so your son missed class number six, so you think he can just come tomorrow and take it? Well, it's number seven, lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> oh, and all man. the kids would cheer him on. All the kids in class would be like, you tell him, you tell him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll send us out to a break with this one. This Please. one, you're not going to get a laugh out of this, but I don't um, care. the 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 actual article is the one of the wildest rides I've been Bananas on. Bananas, indeed. Fifth grade health teacher hands out quote deeply inappropriate assignment to students. Tisk tisk tisk. We'll leave it there. As how, we'll how mysterious Ooh. that is. Cliffhanger. We'll be right back with more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Scotty. Oh, I got some shout outs. And also, bananas, keep those unexpected banana posts coming. We love sharing them. Keep sending us great stuff. We appreciate it. We're having new merch come out, too. That'll be fun. I don't know what it is, but it's going to be great. Um, well, we're hoping tw- it's going to be a beautiful puzzle. A puzzle. But yeah, we're going to have a holiday puzzle, you know, and it's so beautiful from our good friends at Saltworth Studio, Haley and Ryan. Yeah. Twin Elephant Brewing Company, Curdy B, has re-released the beer based on bananas. It is called Best in the Beersness. It's in Chatham, <laughs> New Jersey, and we love our friends at Twin Elephant Brewing Company. So if you want to go there on a little Jersey road trip, a little tri-state road trip, tell them the Banana Boys sent you. Say hey to Cindy for us. Uh, Best in the Beersness. It's an American lager, 4.2% alcohol. Lex Conklin wants to shout herself out. She was homeless four and a half years ago and couch surfing, including on an ex's couch, which nobody was happy about. But she signed her first lease ever. She has a new job managing huge projects and can go home to her own apartment with all the amenities. So congratulations, Lex. Congratulations. That's a big deal. Huge. Right on. We're very proud of you. You did it. Uh, Murder Banana, Alara, I think it's A-Lara is okay. the name. Alara is shouting out her baby brother Patrick for launching his own vintage shop, Keep Living 
our live-in vintage, which supplies vintage clothes for all genders, which we're big fans of, and vintage home decor. Also for all genders, I bet. If you live near Goffstown, New Hampshire, you can check out Keep Living Vintage at 24C Main Street, or you can check them out on Instagram, Keep Living Vintage. That sounds Go- fun. Goffstown? G-O-F-F-S. Oh, Goffstown. Okay. Goffstown. All right. Great. Just thought maybe there was a town just for goths, but nope, it's oh, just for goths. And New Hampshire would be the perfect <laughs> state for that, goths town. Uh, Dana Davis wants to shout out her bandmates, Cat and Salty. Cool names already. Sweet. They started a band called Lar- Larlene in 2021, and they're releasing their first album called See You Soon on September 28th on, on excuse me, 29th on streamers and vinyl. It's on Gradwell House Recordings and Abandon Everything Records, which is a great name for a record label. Uh, women rocking out, Larlene. The album is called See You Soon, September 29th. Hell Get yeah. into it. And last but not least, we have a feel goodie. Uh, Madeline Kronfeld, Madeline Kronfeld, just wanted to say that twice because I thought I said it wrong the first time, wants to shout out her brother Adam and congratulate him on starting a new job and for being such an amazing loving brother when their mom passed away a few months ago, fuck cancer. Adam, your sister Madeline loves you so much and she's so proud of your new job and thanks for being a support system for her. And that's what I got. Thank you, Scotty. And here we are. We're feeling was, good right now. This was uh, sent in by Joe Pickett. Our buddy, Jojo. the pod. We love Jojo. Found Footage Festival. Joe Pickett. Yep. Uh, one half of the Found Footage Festival. And you should, they have a new documentary out. You should totally watch it right now. It's about. Chop and Steel. Uh, it's about, yeah, Chop and Steel. It's so, so very funny. What they did was they made a, uh, a fake strongman duo. Um, it's Joe Pickett and Nick Pruer. Um, who are Found Footage Festival, and they've been traveling and, and making things really crazy VHS outtake um, performances uh, for a very long time. But what they would do is they would prank, uh, you know, uh, prank morning shows because yeah, the local morning news. shows would mm-hmm. so vary. They they never vet. Like there's there's a lot of they they don't they're they don't starve like, for content. They're starved for content. <laughs> so if you send them so if you send them you know a press release, they just kind of take it. And so they were a strongman duo named Chopped and Chop and Steel. And Chop and Steel would do things like um, one thing was how many Easter baskets you could stomp in a second. Yep. That's the one that sent me. I mean, I was crying so hard. They would hit tennis rackets mid racket and just count them off. One, two, three. <laughs> Another one is they would just Nick would just break sticks on the on Joe's back, <laughs> and then they would do this twigs, just little twigs that don't hurt at all. They would do dual push ups where Joe would be on the bottom facing one way, and Nick would face the other way and put his hands on Joe's ankles and his feet on Joe's shoulders, and then do push ups in unison together. Chop <laughs> it, steel. Uh, the found footage festival guy who are our very good friends but before we were friends they it was the live show that made me like not even nothing compares nothing i laughed compares. harder at found footage festival than i ever have at live shows in my entire life it is incredibly funny stuff they literally go through thousands and thousands of hours of found vhs tapes and then pull the weirdest and strangest and funniest bits and then put them together. I don't know. I think they have 12 volumes at this point. They do a full nationwide tour with each hour and then release that hour as a DVD 
um, or, you know, now online that you can go, you know, buy. But it is like truly, truly amazing what they do. It's kind of like America's Funniest in Videos or what Tosh.0 did. But it, those are like, they, those are looking for like sweet funny or like ouch funny. These are looking for the absurd and the bizarre. And it basically is this peek into the world when everybody could suddenly record their lives and the stuff that they felt like needed to be out there. Mm-hmm. It is... There's one that's just a guy who just throws sharp things and sticks in logs. They did it at a hot tub in, in yes. Brooklyn years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, And it was just a guy sticking various sharp things, like like screwdrivers, <laughs> just throwing them into a log. But the way he tries to teach you why it's valuable and, and necessary in life, <laughs> it's the funniest. Found Footage Festival. It's great. And yeah, they have a documentary called uh, Chop and Steel that is a must-see. Must-see. Um and the that whole plot of it is that they got sued. Buds. They got sued, they got from, sued by a very big media conglomerate for essentially a, a morning show who didn't vet and didn't see if yeah. they were real or not and had for the a prank. Yeah, for a funny prank. So, so Joe sent this to me. Fifth grade health teacher hands out deeply inappropriate assignment to students. This is from ABC Seven. Mm-hmm. Seems um, real. And I'm not seeing a person who wrote this that swinging um, staff that seven staff this is one of those types of articles that is that raises more questions than it answers and my favorite that's kind. our perfect kind. this mm-hmm. is plainville long island a middle school teacher on long island has been pulled from the classroom after handing out a controversial assignment to fifth grade health students the assignment was given to students at howard matlin middle school on september 11th classic by teacher and track mm-hmm. coach mandy beater Mandy the, Beater. The Dad, <laughs> that is a rough name, Mandy Beater. <laughs> the students were asked who this is a I don't know, this is this is a health teacher, I guess, doing this. Students Love health asked, teachers. Yes, and this is very much a health teacher like my favorite kind doing? of teachers are health teachers. The students were asked who they would allow into a fallout shelter in the event of a nuclear attack and were given 10 <laughs> options to choose from. Fifth grade. This is to fifth graders. Okay, fifth sure. graders. So 11-year-olds, 10-year-olds. The, the choices included. Here's all 10, Scotty. Mm. <laughs> how, how, I'm sorry, one more time. How many people can you take in with you? Students were asked who they would allow into a fallout shelter. Okay. And it doesn't say how many you could take. Okay, I didn't know if it was like you get to pick two. Okay, sorry. I don't know. I'm sure that you could only bring a certain amount. <laughs> here it is. I wonder if he wrote the, if she wrote this herself. This is my here. Number one, a 16 year old pregnant girl. Okay, no problem there. I see where they're going with that. Number two, a police officer with multiple charges of brutality pending against him. He has his gun. What? What? <laughs> She's writing a TV show on TNT. Number three. A 38-year-old retired, um, they use a different word here, sex worker. <laughs> That's young these days. You kidding me? <laughs> retired at 38. Yeah, get it out there. There's a lid for every pot. Number four, a 75-year-old priest. Number That's five. That's a no. Yeah. Yes. A number five, a 35-year-old sterile female doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Why they're specifying she's sterile? I don't know. Number six and seven, a husband and wife. They refuse to be separated. He is a lawyer. She is an alcoholic. <laughs> okay. Number right. eight, a thirty-one-year-old homosexual architect. <laughs> what? 
is happening? The, the detail. Okay, so he'll build the best buildings imaginable. Okay, great. Number nine, a 50-year-old musician previously addicted to cocaine. <laughs> well, she's turned her life around and... Yeah, she can keep a rhythm with that right foot. A 28-year-old drifter with no apparent skills. <laughs> so me. There a drifter. you go. Take me with you. A no drifter. apparent skills. Hey, they stayed alive for 28 years just riding the rails. That's a that's a life skill. I mean, I I cannot imagine for fifth graders. For fifth graders, what? A sex worker, a retired sex worker? A, re- a sex worker, a police officer charged with multiple counts of brutality, a 50-year-old musician previously addicted to cocaine, 28-year-old drifter with no apparent skills? Who d- is there a, I mean, like, Also, what? is the homosexual architect, is that a man? Is it a woman? We're, yes. we're just going homosexual. That's an all you need to know. <laughs> You've. You paint the picture in your head what an architect is. Yeah, we don't know what 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 uh, gender the musician is or the drifter. Uh, <laughs> this uh, is incredible. It's inf- incredible. I mean, imagine just you you your your kid comes home with this list in his backpack. Uh, it's oh yeah, Miss Beater gave us that <laughs> Mandy Beater, which sounds like a sentence. <laughs> In a letter to the families on st- of the students on Tuesday, the principal said they had launched a full investigation into the deeply inappropriate assignment, yeah. which includes the central office administration. A substitute teacher will be provided until the investigation is complete. Yeah, I just—it's too young. It's, I, it's, it's way too, too young. young. I want to talk to Mandy Beater first. Me off, too. She definitely seems like she's got some ideas about the world Aspiring and TV about writer. teaching. <laughs> This is basically like putting together a spinoff of The Walking Dead. You're like, okay, so we already have it. So this one's in Toronto. It's a former coke editor. It's a retired sex worker. It's a 16-year-old pregnant girl. It's a sterile something. It's and a I- gay man or lesbian woman who is an architect. Who could is be used an architect. I love that these kids have to explain Oh, God. The sterile one is the, the 35-year-old sterile doctor. You're like, yeah, but, we're going to need a doctor. I don't know where the sterility works. So the sterility, this. I think, is like, I think what she's trying to do is like, if you're trying to build a world. Rebuild a society. Act, that's what she's trying to do. But with fifth graders, that's what we're going to get into? Like, sorry, this female no. doctor can't have children, but you're going to need a... I mean, like, it's, it's just Looney Tooney tunes. It's like asking a 10-year-old boy or girl or whatever, being like, are you ready to be a co-parent to a 16-year-old's child at 10 years old? Because you're a dad now if you take this woman in with you. Yeah. They, yeah, it's rebuilding society, but she just went into TV drama details. Yes. Like, all she needed to do is go, a doctor. Uh, you know, if you want to have something a little more interesting, it's like that's like a blind person. You go, that is more interesting. And like, why? Like, if you want thought experiments, but to be, <laughs> she's basically like a former NFL athlete whose lower body is reversed. So he walks <laughs> one way, but his head faces the other direction. And he's an alcoholic and his right arm's a chainsaw. Do you want him around you? And then the other old? one, and then the next one is just like, a sex worker. It's <laughs> so like what yeah. was like eight sentences and then a sex worker. So somebody who's great at conversation and making people feel wonderful. <laughs> that seems like a positive person to have in your fallout shelter. But it's like no gardener, no baker. 
No, you know, nothing. The, the doctor and the architect, I guess, are the things that she's like, these are essential. But here's my question is now that the now that the sex worker is retired, she's a thir- she or he is a 38 year old retired sex worker. So what is their job now? Maybe Real it's estate. fallout shelter maintainer. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Maybe they're incredible at interior design, and that shelter is going to be... Some, you know they have taste. They come in Chanel head to toe. Oh. They got the Cartier watch. That's Mandy such a Beater. funny thing. I, want, I, wanna, I, wanna, I just want an interview with Mandy Beater. I want to know... Where she yeah, was if going anybody with knows this. Mandy Beater, let we'll let we'll record something with her and let her defend her side of it to the panels. But do I want to know who Mandy's bringing? Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> I don't know either. I, Man, it's Man, impossible to tell. I guarantee you, Mandy's bringing the five weirdest choices. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, it's just fifth grade is way too young. Fifth if you did this grade. with high school seniors, I'd be like, yeah. okay, all right. right. Like, they've already gone through sex ed and some other things that could make them. But, like, this is way inappropriate for little kids. My for, God. For, like, the 10-year-old to explain what sterile is. Also, <laughs> sterile is so, like, what yeah. a specific word, like, was was this like uh was this a, a procedure? <laughs> I know. She's a barren spinster at the age of 35. But she is a world-renowned neurosurgeon. So, is she does she have value 10-year-old? She get in, but her hands are very dirty and they can never be clean. So she can't do any surgeries. <laughs> we we you and I should write up our 10 choices a separate of this just we should come up with 10 options and have banana animals send in their top 3 picks. Well, That'll be a fun thought experiment for us to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so bold. My God, that is bold. (laughs) Also, if you want to work this into your stand-up, this is a crazy... That is such a great launching point for, like, just hearing each description makes you go, what was she picturing and imagining in her head? Because she probably was imagining an individual. Oh, right, exactly. For each category she has that an idea in her head she's yeah. like that's definitely kevin yeah i'm and mandy thinking about be, you florence i hope mandy's writing a stephen king s kind of apocalypse novel i agree i think she'd be very good at that maybe better than teaching the future um i think seeing you stand up and raise your standing desk like that i think you have to go pacific northwest conifers i think those pine trees you're Brett, a tall yeah. you're a tall man yeah I like it too. I think it would look really beautiful. And then I think I'm going to hang stuff on the wallpaper, um, like owls <laughs> in the <laughs> like trees. a taxidermy owl. I'll give you a taxidermy owl. Christmas no, is pictures. coming. I'm just going to put you know because I have a lot of stuff that I could hang. That's nice. And I need wall space, and so I think a I think a wallpaper wall with stuff hung on it is a real nice look. There's a I worked with a comic years ago. A really nice uh, woman who was like, why don't white people have photos of their families in their apartments? And I was like, is that true? She goes, whenever I go over my white friend's houses, there's maybe a photo of them or their boyfriend or places they went, but just not family photos anywhere. And I'm like, that is a hell of a... Yeah, you do. But But when when she said it to me, I was like, I have one photo of my family at my cabin. When I I was single... I didn't. I didn't have it until I had children and I wanted my children to like know what my mom looked like. And so to have pictures of my mom and then we have pictures of our family and we have pictures of Bubby. So 
That's um, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wasn't wrong. I mean, she was she was making a good point. It was like, you should have that going on. And then Danny Fernandez, who was a guest on Bananas, one of our first five guests or so, was we were laughing about this thing that was like a trend going around this summer about people being like white people don't wash their legs in yeah. the shower. Yeah. That I is the that. funniest shit in the world to me. I think about it all the time. I do too. White people don't wash their legs in the shower. Just crush me. Love you, Danny. We should have Danny back on. Mm-hmm. Um, how about Stormy Campbell? Stormy Campbell's a top tier bananimal. She sends so many great stories. Oh, yeah. You got one from Stormy? S- I do. Another right. Stormy. Stormy is charging up the list of all time sends. Um, Kurt, I, I picked this one for you. This was in People.com, written by Sean Newman, who is the best in the beeswax. Oh, hell yeah. Tennis players left confused after Cotton Eye Joe mistakenly blasts during tennis match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh, great. Oh, boy. And Bananas, if you want to pause the podcast and, and search for Cotton Eye Joe and give it a listen, if it's been 20 years, treat yourself to one of the dumbest, worst songs ever made. Um. Tennis fans were left wondering just one thing after American player Jessica Pagula shocked world number one Iga Swiatek or Swiatek in the semifinals of the Canadian Open last weekend. Where did it come from? See, this is why Sean Newman is the best in the biz. Pagula, 29. Uh, is that a reference to Cottonmouth Joe? From? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cottonmouth Joe. It's the oh. main... That's the main lyric, I would say. Oh, okay. Yes. I don't think uh, I know this song. That's uh, becoming evident to me. Kurt, just listen to it. We can't. We sadly can't afford to even play that much of it on the podcast. Horrible <laughs> song, but imagine that during a <laughs> silent tennis match between two extremely <laughs> gifted <laughs> athletes, <laughs> Cotton Eye Joe rang well, out in the night. It is um, a very I think uh, that's the... I mean, we're always looking for the absolute dumbest song to yes. come out to on stage. And maybe, oh, yeah. I don't know, maybe that one's a little We too... can maybe add that. We can probably add that as we go because it's been, we have such a good intro. I mean, we're going to be launching this new intro. It was at Splitty, but oh, um, it's so it good, is man. so, and the new updated version is so excellent. It really is. And our homeboy, Chris Jacobs, made us the best pump-up intro mix ever. We're going to be premiering it. But yeah, Chris, if you're listening to it, buddy boy, you might have to throw a little bit of Cotton Eye Joe in there for the Bananimals. Anyways. <laughs> um, Pagula and I'm going to just say it's Swiatek. I don't know. Swiatek. Uh, we're locked in a tense back and forth during a tie break in the second set of their match Saturday. When Cotton Eye Joe by the Rednecks began inexplicably blasting over the arena's public address system, disrupting the match and forcing the point to be replayed. So, no so way. I just thought it was funny, said Pagula, who went on to win the match, even though she was the lower ranked player. Uh, I've never had that happen, let alone with Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> I was just like, is this really happening right now? Of all the songs, it was just like, what is going on? on that is exactly what everyone would be saying <laughs> yes but also like tennis matches i used to go to the u.s open when i worked for they're Red so Bull quiet right they're long and they're quiet and you can hear people shouting and a lot of assholes say too much but um 
that it would be so jarring. It would be like being in surgery and somebody blast Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> Very unexpected. The chaotic and confusing moment appeared to upset the fans. Of no, course. grow up, grow up. Uh, watching the intense marquee matchup in Montreal. 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 We should try to go there next year with Bananas Live. I would love to go to Montreal. Yeah. I don't but think video... we have a lot of Montrealers. If, you, if you're if you from Montreal and would come to a sea of bananas, yeah, hit us up. Yeah, because if not, Toronto is going to win the day. I think Toronto definitely will win the day. Vancouver's not going to win the day. Nope, unless we do a comedy club. Um, and Winnipeg, we're looking at you. A uh, video of the incident soon went viral online as social media users began overlaying the song over videos of other dramatic sports moments. Great idea. This is the internet <laughs> at its best. Pagula went on to win. Uh, she beat Schweitek, who is the defending French and U.S. Open champion, and appeared to be stringing together momentum before Cotton Eye Joe threw off the match. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So congratulations. Uh, I think uh, this was about a month ago but yeah that is such a great have you ever had that during stand-up have you ever been doing stand-up and something so outrageous happened in the middle of it like beyond a dumb heckler or a crazy laugh no there was um when we played um bonnaroo the so bonnaroo the way it's set up is the the comedy tent is the only place that's air conditioned so everybody comes in there wow and it's very very hot in tennessee and uh, and there is, uh, you know, there's giant stages on either side of you, but they kind of schedule it so that like the comedy show starts like in, after like right before one band ends and then right before right. another band starts up. Gotcha. But um, Nine Inch Nails started up in the tent next to us. Oh, boy. And they're. The, so everyone is on um, wireless mics. Sure. And the channels, I have no idea what was happening, but whatever was... Be- the the sound from Nine Inch Nails started coming through our monitors. Wow. So not through the amps out to the audience, but through our monitors. Um, and so it could be probably from the, from the, from the, you know, the house, it could... Maybe you could hear it a little bit, to, but to us, it was Nine Inch Nails was on stage with us all of a sudden. Yeah, and that's a. I mean, I I actually really like Nine Inch Nails, but that would be a very distracting band. That is yes. not like uh, the Little River Band comes on or Tori Amos. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is nice. This is really. I'm into this. This is like industrial rock blasting at you. Yeah. And so uh, that was pretty, uh, but we kind of like fought through it and uh, we were, we're only doing like 10 minutes anyway, so it was absolutely fine. Are there cool podcast festivals? I've never really heard of one that, I know Andy Wood did one and we love Andy Wood, but it, I can't believe there's not a humongous pod festival somewhere. Like they have Comic-Con and VidCon and all those. I can't I don't, believe there's I, not I, a I cannot PodCon. I, I I can't believe it either. It's insane. There used to be an LA podcast festival. I don't think it exists anymore. There was one that we were supposed to do in um in outside of Indianapolis, Indiana, in Bloomington. We're supposed to do it, but we had to cancel, unfortunately. But I don't know how that went. I hope it went gangbusters. Somebody has a podcast festival. We're in, baby. Also, I want to keep talking about. I feel like we could do like a bananas 
festival. I do think yeah. we could do a bananas festival. Oh, like the cruise or something, but like whatever our ver it's just some takeover of a weekend where it's super fun and we have lots and lots and lots of guests. Yeah, the thing about a cruise is that it's just so expensive. I obviously, honestly, people are getting a cruise, but it like limits who can go yeah, to you a thing. Leave. That's right. Yeah, because it's like right. you're you're, pay you're spending a lot of money on a, on the cruise ship portion of it. Um, but if we did let's just like a bananas festival, maybe mm -hmm. in just like choose choose a weird town that like everyone has to like go to yeah um you know like that would be fucking awesome that would be amazing well, it would be really fun and it wouldn't have to be a whole weekend it could be a friday night and a saturday night and then yeah. we just we do two live shows with as many guests as we have come out and everybody else does their stuff this would be this is a good idea and we have stand up we have stand up shows for people who are going to be guests on bananas we have other podcasts that we like and are buddies with us and then a um, lot of dumb stuff then we figure out a lot of fun stupid activities to keep everybody entertained yeah and we could do it somewhere where like you could camp or you could stay in a hotel like mm -hmm. that would be really cool like even if mm -hmm. just 200 people came and 200 people hung out oh hell yeah for a weekend that would be amazing that would definitely happen oh yeah that's that seems like a bananas fest we gotta yeah we gotta start really pu putting it together and Let's it'll be first location it. it'll be location first and then yeah we'll that's the thing it it's out. like location is pretty critical you know, I, I went to, um, when I was in the Bahamas right before um, The Great Quar, we were shooting a TV show for Quibi. Quibi. That's how long ago it was. And we went to the place in the Fire Festival documentaries. There was a woman who owned a bar where all the kids that got off the planes and bust over were supposed to get the boat to like go somewhere. Wait, wait, what was this? Wait, what was this? this? Remember Firefest? Oh, yeah, Firefest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Right. So in Firefest, they all get dropped at this restaurant that is a beach restaurant. And um, the woman that owns is on the uh, documentary, and he didn't pay. Nobody paid the bills. So she's serving people food and drinks, and they're like rum drinks, vodkas. All these influencers and stuff are getting drunk. And then Billy, the guy or whatever, skipped out no, on this woman, and she started no. to go fund me. So when I was there, we were going over to feed those pigs, like those giant mm -hmm. pigs, which yeah. is a nightmare. It's not... It's, it was like, I'm glad I did it once. And I'm like, yeah, I don't ever have to stand waist deep in ocean water with pigs taking dumps around me and feed them <laughs> wet bread. I, it's, um, ah. That bucket list, I, I, I'm putting a square back on my bucket list after that. But anyways, I was speaking to the woman that owned that restaurant. And I was like, yeah, sorry about that. That was terrible. She's like, I put up that GoFundMe. And I made so much money. I turned this place into a hotel. I love Billy. <laughs> Billy could come back anytime. And she'd built like 10 little Whoa, shacks that nice. were different colors. And she had come out on top. And and I was like, oh, that's good. She's like, I love Billy. You kidding me? It was so funny. That's great. I like yeah, that. Yeah, so it's good for her for you know making lemonade out of that. Uh, her name is Marianne. That's her name. I couldn't remember. Marianne nice. and Elvis is her husband. And yeah, they... Uh, the, the Exuma Point Bar is now Exuma Point Bar and a hotel because of That's Firefest. That's great. I love that. It's That's so like good. the only great thing to come out of Firefest. <laughs> and well, Scotty, we did it. We did come up with a new idea. I love the idea of a bananas festival. Yeah, we got to figure out a way to really make it stand out. But I'll see you in Raleigh. Where I'll see you at the airport, buddy. I love it. And guys, remember, come on out, see us. In Richmond, in Brooklyn, in Baltimore, in Philly, and in Pittsburgh, baby. Oh, yeah. The Sacred Five. 
There is Bananas. a fire truck outside my house. I gotta go. Bye. Bye. Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas! Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.